0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hold Your Ground podcast. My name is Phil, and I'm really excited to uh, to introduce my, my guest today. It's Christian from, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful islands in the world, um, vegan straight edge, involved in several bands, like I saw. Uh, welcome, Christian. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, how's it going?
1: Uh, things are going all right, especially given the uh, global situation.
0: <laughs> really? How's yeah? How's um, how's that COVID thing in Iceland now?
1: As of right now, um, there's um, there's a gathering ban of more than ten people. Okay. Right now, I and I think I think the case might be similar in other places in the world right now because you know cases are spiking everywhere. Yeah. And, um, I mean, things are looking like, you know, they're going to be lowering here soon. And, you know, some places that were closed before, like, you know, public pools r- just opened up again, I think, last week.
0: Oh, really? But I we saw, still have...
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I, I saw pictures of the, let's say, the uh, sightseeing hotspots of island, Iceland, and I it seems yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're empty like completely empty i mean how unusual is this actually
1: well (laughs) it's not that unusual to me because you know tourism in iceland didn't really blow up until i want to say 2009
0: 2010 yeah so going to these places now yeah how does that come actually was it because i don't think it's because of the football team
1: No, 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 no. The football team, you know, that's very recent. The thing is, you know, we just started advertising more towards the tourism industry following the the 2008 recession because we got really hard. Our three biggest banks collapsed. Okay. So kind of our way out of that recession was to, you know, build up our tourism industry. And so, you know, for the past, you know, 11, 12 years, you know, we've had a much bigger influx of tourists than you know I was used to as a kid so you know going to these places now when everything is in lockdown it's kind of like you know (laughs) in a in a weird desolate way it's you know it's like being a kid again I guess
0: okay yeah I think it's it's unusual I mean whenever I saw the place I mean they're they're packed like crowded really crowded yeah but now I saw the pictures like yeah that's actually how I imagine it to be like when I'm in Iceland so (laughs) <laughs> but uh so yeah, you're originally from, from Iceland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how's it how was it growing up in in Iceland and the area where you come from?
1: Well well the thing is even yeah, um I actually grew up in in Denmark and the United States as well as Iceland because my dad was working for the uh the Ministry of Foreign Affairs here. Oh okay. so I didn't really so I didn't really, you know, really experience Iceland, you know, well, living here that much until I was maybe around 11, 12 years old.
0: Okay, so you and
1: before that, yeah,
0: so you were living in the yeah, in the States and Denmark until then.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, both of those times, you know, you know, I was kind of living in this, I want to say, like, you know, you, you being the son of a diplomat, you're I guess you're just kind of sort of to a certain extent in this, you know, in a bubble, I guess. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, and then moving to Iceland when I was 11, you know, I moved here to my hometown, Akranes, which is about 40 minutes outside of Reykjavik, you know. Growing up here was definitely, you know, it's not quite as, you know, the population is a lot smaller than in, you know, in than in Copenhagen or Washington, D.C., where I lived. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when I moved there initially, being a kid, it kind of felt like, you know, I had a lot more freedom, you know, because living in a small do- town, I get kind of, you know, initially, you know, coming here, you know, I could kind of run around wherever I wanted, you know,
0: Yeah. I mean, whereas, you
1: know, living in, D- in Washington, D.C. and Copenhagen, you know, I was kind of, you know, confined to whatever neighborhood I was living in at the time. If yeah, that makes I think sense.
0: That's, that's... Yeah, I mean, moving to Iceland yeah. uh, compared to Copenhagen or Washington D.C. is yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, that's the difference. I've mm-hmm. So you you were born in the states or
1: Denmark? No, I was I was born in uh, I was born here in my hometown. Arkansas, ah, okay. my parents moved to they actually moved to Belgium when I was like I think two weeks old. But I don't remember remember anything from that time because I lived there okay. for maybe a year when I was just a baby. And I lived in Iceland, in actually in Reykjavik, the capital, until maybe the age of three. So you know, my memory, you know, of growing up doesn't really start until I moved to the states.
0: Okay, so how was your memory then on the back of the states then?
1: Back in the states at that time, you know, I don't know. You know, I went to kindergarten there. I don't remember that much. Like you know, I kind of you know. You know, I, you know, there's not really, you know, I guess many, uh, how, how should I word it? Like, you know, um, there's not very like pivotal moments that I remember from that time, I guess, because I lived there from like, from the age of three to seven. Okay. But, you know, I remember kind of, I remember the environment, I guess. I remember, you know, the neighborhood we lived in, you know, kind of, you know, remember kind of the overall vibe of living there, you know, um. Whereas, you know, in Denmark, I have more of a memory of, you know, people that I got to know, uh, you know, I have more of a memory, you know, I still actually have connections to people that you know, I was around at that, you know, when I lived in Denmark, whereas, you know, when I lived in the States, when I was a small child, you know, I'm not really in contact with anyone from that time, just because I was that young, I don't really remember anyone.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's normal. During that age, it's not like
1: you're four or
0: five and like move away and say, hey, let's stay in touch.
1: Yeah, yeah you don't really you know not there's anything wrong you don't really you know i guess you don't really form many b- meaningful relationships yeah, <laughs> between so the ages of like, three and seven
0: absolutely yeah no. and so and then when you got in touch with well, yeah, well let's start with heavy music
1: with heavy music in general yeah. um i guess in general um i think i was exposed to it um mostly through my older brother because you know when we lived in denmark he started going to um hardcore shows at this legendary venue called in copenhagen okay i don't know if you've heard of him or not and and you know he also started really getting into you know he was getting heavy into like death metal and grindcore at the time and you know he would always expose to me you know whatever he was listening to and you know he, you know, started off by letting me listen to entry level stuff like you know Iron Maiden, which was you know that was a band that I kind of became obsessed with when I think it was like maybe eight or nine years old. Yeah. And then from that, you know, he introduced me to bands like you know Cradle, of Filth, Cannibal Corpse, and I was like, okay, you know, this is heavy and aggressive. You know, I relate to this.
0: Okay, and but, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> but you know, I wasn't really, I guess. Um, I wasn't really that much aware of the scene, I guess, well, of a DIY scene around the music, you know, to me at that time, you know, Cannibal Corpse was just as big of a deal as, you know, Iron Maiden or Kiss or something huge like that. I didn't really know much and I didn't really, you know, realize how the community around heavy music, I guess, even though my brother was going to the shows, I didn't really go yeah. with him until moving to iceland when i was around 12 years old and you know we saw some you know my first exposure to kind of like the diy scene was at a all-ages venue here well not in my hometown but in reykjavik where you know you had three local death metal bands um, called severed crotch (laughs) blood feud and one more that i can't remember the name of and at that time you know i was kind of you know In a way, I was starstruck because, you know, he had shown me the albums before and I was like, okay, these bands, you know, in my 12-year-old mind, you know, this is as as big of a a deal as, you know, meeting Iron Maiden. You know, my brother knew, you know, he was friends with the guys in the band, so it kind of, you know, shocked me to be, you know, 12 years old, hanging out with those guys. And I didn't really get the sense of, you know, the community around heavy music until, I guess, you know, around that point and later on.
0: Well wow. this is something that I was really impressed as the um the subculture or the um the presence of heavy music on Iceland. I mean the scene yeah, itself yeah, yeah. is like I mean I just covered like there it feels like there are tons of black metal bands and I was um yeah, I visited yeah. uh Iceland last year and I saw the um the punk museum in Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. So I talked to to the guy who's the owner and he he told me that there's actually pretty large uh punk scene um yeah 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 tons of punk bands like I mean like how many inhabitants like 360,000? Yeah. So that was I think it feels like 50% of the Icelandic population is just involved in in heavy music and bands and so I was like mm. blown away.
1: Yeah, it, sadly that's not quite the case. I just think that you know the the few people who are involved with heavy music they end up being in multiple projects.
0: So like you are,
1: right? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like you know, you know, like you know, I guess um, you know, Frick, the owner of the Punk Museum, told you, you know, there's a you know, there's quite a number of you know, punk and hardcore fans. You know, you of course you contacted me through my. Parkour bands in instagram page but and at the same time like you said it seems like you know and like as of right now i guess black metal is kind of the biggest thing coming out of iceland and you know it's the icelandic black metal bands that are you know kind of uh posted up on lineups on festivals all over you know europe and north america these days but you know we just you know the, i guess these things have kind of come in waves because you know you know, like, maybe in the 90s, you know, you had a huge, you know, much bigger death metal scene, and then, you know, the hardcore punk scene was actually a lot bigger in, I want to say, like, around the 2000s. Yeah. Like, you know, at that time, you know, maybe, you know, issue you, you had maybe just as many, you know, hardcore punk bands at that time as you have, you know, black metal bands in Iceland today. It's kind of, you know, it comes in waves, but I guess at any given time, you will have active bands you know in these you know three you know specific genres i guess
0: and i think what's really helpful in this well today um during this time is i think it's the internet like spotify i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i mean several like the small band can is now able to publish their music or to yeah yeah, yeah. and that's way more easy and well yeah i mean it's great somehow especially for the Mm -hmm. bands so so your Uh, brother introduced you actually to to heavy music yeah somehow and um you're straight edge you consider yourself straight edge and vegan straight edge so how does that come how did that happen
1: that doesn't really come until you know i'm around 20 years old you know that comes much later in my life you know you know because you know i was you know exposed to you know heavy and death metal first and um my brother wasn't too big into that, but he got me into a band called Exploited, yeah, which is, you know, an old hardcore punk band from Scotland. And, you know, that, you know, that kind of, you know, you know, that was another thing, you know, oh, you know, Death Metal is also, but, you know, this, you know, this speaks to me more. So, you know, I kind of got into, you know, a lot of other bands that sound like that, you know, just, you know, started off by, you know, getting into, you know, Once I got into The Exploited, you know, moving from there to, you know, Crass to Black Flag and Minor Threat and at the time, you know listening to Minor Threat and kind of reading about it, I became aware of Straight Edge at that age I guess, but it wasn't really something that resonated with me until much later because, you know I lived in a small town at the time and, you know, once you turn 15, 16, you know um, your social life being in a small you know shitty icelandic town it starts kind of revolving around (laughs) drinking
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's Um, i think yeah that's like in i mean it feels like in every every other country are like i would especially say um i think let's say the the cities or town or or villages in the countryside it's like yeah 15 16 is about all right let's go (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, yeah. And, you know, it was also like fairly accessible, I guess, you know, even though I was a young child. And at the same time, you know, um, like at the time, you know, for a large portion of my life, you know, I was undiagnosed with anxiety. And then I found this substance where, you know, as soon as I put it on my body, like, hey, that's gone and I can have a great time. Yeah. So, Straight Edge wasn't really something that resonated me until with me until I, um, until you know when I got to around the age of twenty, which is you know the the legal drinking age in Iceland. You know, a few months after I turned twenty, I decided to quit drinking, and around that time, um, <clears throat> the newest Bane album came out called "Don't Wait Up." Okay. You know, I had been into hardcore like you know, for you know, from when I was around 13, 14 until I was twenty. And, you know, known about Straight Edge, but it wasn't something I really related to and resonated with me until, you know, I was starting to quit drinking. And that album kind of came out and resonated with me at a very critical point in my life. And at that point, I kind of started rediscovering, you know, um, you know, bands kind of in that ballpark, you know, I, you know, rediscovered Half which, you know, resonated with me a lot more at that point in my life than when I first listened to them when I was a teenager. Um, I also got, you know, a lot into you know, Earth Crisis (laughs) and just kind of, yeah, just, you know, where the veganism kind of came from eventually. But, and also just, you know, kind of talking to more people who are more, you know, hardcore punk-minded, you know. There are people, you know, well, there's not a lot of, you know, straight-edge straight edge people here in Iceland. There's more vegan people at this point, but I think all around Europe, it's kind of becoming more trendy, but still, you know, you had kind of people who were, um, I guess kind of, you know, they were aware of those philosophies. So, you know, mm-hmm. even though, you know, the people, in the hardcore Sin here, even they're not, you know, straight edge per se, you know, they still kind of, you know, that scene still doesn't revolve around, around alcohol as much as, you know, You know the more heavy metal stuff I guess yeah and and
0: may I ask okay so you yeah um so what is there any certain I don't know any certain moment or event that that you decide for yourself okay I I will quit drinking
1: yes that was um (laughs) the morning after uh New Year's 2014 2015 okay Because I was like, you know, at that point, you know, I had made a decision that I was going to, you know, greatly reduce the amount of alcohol I was drinking. Because at that point, you know, I had been kind of self-medicating with it for a couple of years. And then it wasn't really having that effect anymore. But I still found the need to get drunk every weekend. So I was like, you know, okay, I'm gonna, you know, New Year's, I'm gonna kind of get it out of my system. And then I can, you know, greatly reduce it from there. But I ended up, Drinking to the point where the day after, you know, it's kind of a cliche to wake up after a, you know, rough night and be like, you know, I'm never drinking again. Yeah. But that ha- that's exactly what happened after that day, you know, because, you know, that happened and in a very short span from when that happened. I kind of rediscovered straight edge and, you know, all these great bands that ended up re- resonating with me and kind of uh, influence to to the point of making, you know, these life choices.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that, uh, so how many years does it go? So how many years, how old are you now? I'm 26. Okay. So
1: it's been, I've been sober for almost six years at this, at this point. So next new year's is, you know, that'll be my six year mark.
0: well hey, Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And how do you, well, how did people react when you just told them, I mean, probably first reaction was like, yeah, sure you are never drink again, your uh, classical? It, it reaction? kind of.
1: I, I guess it kind of depended on you know which circle because I kind of you know ran in a couple different circles at that time and you know the people who I was you know there you know there was a circle that I didn't really have much of a relation to more than you know I would get drunk with them on weekends and they kind of you know laughed it off and you know I kind of you know yeah. you <laughs> know kind of distanced myself that circle at that point because they were like oh you, you know you quit drinking what's wrong with you
0: yeah
1: and even just you know people that i just didn't know that were my that i was maybe running into you know in my home to our conscious like oh you quit drinking at 20 like are you you know are you a recovering alcoholic or something You're like no not quite i just uh-huh. didn't want to anymore and that's easily what could have happened as well if i you know kept drinking i kind of recognized that and okay decided to quit at that point um but over time, you know, especially, you know, starting and being, you know, outspoken straight as in the scene, you know, that doesn't really happen anymore, I guess. And I think at this point, you know, being 26, it's not, you know, alcohol is not as much a part of people's, of my peers' life as it is, you know, maybe when we're 20. You know, when you're 20, you know, your life kind of still revolves around partying, whereas, you know, when you turn twenty. 526 you know people start kind of calming down so you know it was definitely you know rough starting out but at this point especially being at this age you know it's not really an issue i guess
0: absolutely yeah i think yeah that's Mm -hmm. true like um i mean it's in germany it's you're allowed to drink beer with uh with 16 Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh i think then wine and liquor comes yeah you're allowed with with 18. So I mean, yeah, sure. Like, especially it's 20 with,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I
0: didn't, I didn't know that. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, it's like with 15, 16 as a kid, you, it's like, especially on the countryside. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, the parties still until today, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 15 or 16 or 30, 35. So on the countryside, partying is still, is still a thing. You know, but yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the older you get, I think the less you, you care or feel pressured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, the reactions are in the, well, in the beginning they are So, okay. Yeah. Maybe he's just will take a break and he will come back. Yeah. And, but as, as the years go by, even people get used to it. So until then, yeah, yeah friends yeah. they, they don't even ask anymore. And
1: so. mm-hmm. I also think just a part of it is just, you know, as you get older, you're just social pressure in general, not just with alcohol. It greatly decreases, you know. You sh- start thinking less and less about, you know, what other people think of you. And you start it, thinking less yeah. and less about, you know, what other people are doing with your lives, you know. You just kind of – and it's a great feeling, you know, it's probably my favorite part about you know getting older i guess you know i'm 26 i don't know if i can really say that at this point i'm still young but still you know it's very noticeable the more you know you and people around you start minding their own business more and you know I'm greatly in favor of that
0: <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's true you're right and so okay let's get back to um well veganism would be another part like um uh, so earth crisis was uh, responsible for this choice?
1: I wouldn't say it's responsible, but it was uh, more of an influence, I guess. Influenced? Okay. Like, yeah, this was around the time, I guess, you know, veganism was also just kind of, in general, starting getting trendy in Iceland, and I was, you know, <clears throat> it started out just with you know curiosity, like, oh, you know, these vegans, they only, you know, they eat nothing but, you know, beans and vegetables and rice and shit, and I was like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> So I, you know, first off, I just kind of, you know, I guess, you know, veganism was kind of a hobby. Like I was just trying it out, you know, trying different vegan products like, Oh, this tastes great. This not so much, but the longer I did it and the, you know, the less meat and animal products I consumed, I started noticing just a change in my, you know, my overall mood, you know, my weight and just my digestive system. Yeah. Because you know a lot of red meat would tend to just kind of knock me out for the rest of the day and you know I would feel like shit. But you know at this point in my life, you know, you know being vegan, you know, I don't really you know I don't really get sick from eating anything anymore unless you know I straight up get food poisoning or something. You know, yeah. I don't get just you know I don't get the meat sweats or you know <laughs> just you know overall queasiness from eating something anymore so you know i think you know that was probably the the biggest reason it was just kind of you know trying it out and seeing the positive you know the positive effects it had on me personally yeah and getting into earth crisis and you know reading up on you know you know what other you know like you know being people in the hardcore scene were you know saying was kind of more and you know activists around it was kind of more, you know, I guess a nail in the coffin and, and you know, made it more, you know, I guess w- more of a political statement than just, you know, oh, you know, it makes my tummy feel nice, you know.
0: Yeah. So how many years ago is this now since you're vegan?
1: Um, that's, I want to say it's getting close to five years now. Oh, wow. Like, okay. So you like know, that I, followed
0: I, shortly I, after your... Decision to get yeah, yeah, yeah straight yeah. edge
1: yeah yeah because after you know going straight edge, you know that was just kind of you know that was also kind of decision just to live healthier so of course i just started eating less meat and experimenting more with you know food that didn't have any animal products and that just kind of you know for about a year it snowballed you know i was pescatarian for a bit then going okay. vegetarian and then eventually going vegan
0: i right, just take it slowly yeah
1: so yeah yeah so tra- that whole process was a year and I can't remember exactly when you know I okay. you know I went full vegan and didn't eat any animal yeah. products anymore
0: and I, I believe this is the most or the best transition I guess mm-hmm. instead of just going from one day to another so all right I'm vegan now and just wondering mm-hmm. where I get uh I don't know vegan vegan wallet or something and yeah just transition it slowly yeah just cut meat and dairy products i think that's that's a good choice because i was that's another thing um before i traveled to iceland we would just had a look in the internet house like um yeah the the offer of vegan products on iceland and Mm -hmm. i don't know I guess now I know those were definitely the wrong web pages because people tell, oh well, vegan offers are mm, not that good on Iceland. So that's why I brought peanut butter and jelly with me. And the well, the the most tiniest, unimpressive supermarket they had a huge, really a huge range of vegan products like vegan cheese yep. and uh, I think even that Linda. Mc- Linda McCartney sausages, or something. Yep. So that's that was crazy. I mean, I, peanut butter and jelly was like I think I just opened up the, the peanut butter just like two days before I left or something. So that was <laughs> crazy, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is a very uh, a very recent trend, I want to say, because you know I, I don't know when you were in Iceland, but oh, a, year ago, was a
0: year ago now. So last year in
1: yeah Yeah, that makes sense because, you know, four or five years ago, it would have been a different story. And, you know, it kind of, you know, veganism kind of exploded, you know, over the course of maybe one or two years here in Iceland. And now, you know, you can get vegan options anywhere, you know, here in my hometown, even, you know, some small town of maybe 50 people way on the other side of the island. And, you know, even, you know, you know i'm surprised you know roland you know i rolled into a gas station in a small town like two and a half hours from here you know expecting like okay you know i'm probably gonna buy you know uh you know a coffee and uh maybe some you know sort of you know oat bar because mm-hmm. they probably won't have anything else vegan there but you know yeah they had vegan pizza at this gas station so you know
0: yeah the, exactly <laughs> that's that's what Great. i mean that's what i mean i, I think we yeah. um it was What's that call? What's that town called again? It's down the south east. Is it Höfen? Höfen?
1: Ho- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So we were just driving <laughs> around, like, okay, so you know, just all right. That was the next, well, mm-hmm. biggest town close to our Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So we just went there just to take a look at the city and just found out, found out that well, there's actually much to see. So we just Mm -hmm. thought, okay, let's get some groceries. And actually, I didn't even recognize that it's a supermarket. So we just went in. And well, like Mm -hmm. I said, the offer was huge. Like, yeah, vegan pizza, cheese, Mm -hmm. all kinds of cheese. Like, even here in Munich, you don't have that offer in one of the bigger supermarkets. So Uh. that was really impressive. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing. Just, I mean, it's easier now to get, yeah. Be vegan.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, especially, you know, that's kind of the good thing about it, you know, becoming a trend, you know, I guess, you know, the, you know, all the grocery stores, you know, followed suit and, you know, it's very accommodating. And also, you know, I guess the, the tourism industry is kind of a part of because you know, the, people from let's um maybe i'm stereotyping a bit but you know people who travel to iceland from maybe you know from europe and north america you know they are the type of people that'll have you know a lot of vegans mixed in between them so you know of course they're going to be accommodating to both you know the icelanders who are going vegan and you know the vegan tourists who are coming over
0: (laughs) yeah sure yeah Mm. absolutely um So like I said, you're, you're involved in, in several bands. Yeah. How many bands all in all?
1: Um, four bands that have, um, you know, that are active and have released something, you know, I could count up everything else that, you know, is still in the idea stage and, you know, and is working on stuff, but I feel like, you know, that would take half an hour, but there are four bands that are, you know, active, have released stuff and, you know, have, you know, been active playing shows, you know, before everything went to lockdown.
0: Yeah. So, the um, well, the band that we have, or that I contact you through is, mm-hmm. so how, how do you pronounce that actually?
1: Uh, Katavir.
0: Okay. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I had to look it up. It's, uh, It's mean, does it mean a barbed wire?
1: Yeah, it means barbed wire. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you, I had, I think there's an EP on Spotify from 2017.
1: So yes. And yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And there's also a split that we did with an electronic artist called Alien. That's also on Spotify. Oh yeah. Okay. And we're kind of, you know, we have a full length ready that we're kind of just kind of sitting on waiting for it to come out. But yeah, that's what we have out as of now.
0: And when did you start doing music?
1: Uh, just in general or the band? I
0: don't know in general.
1: Whew. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I guess I started, you know, making music seriously. I want to say around, uh, Maybe around 2010. Okay, that's when um, that's when the when a band uh, I was in called Scattering um, performed, which is you know kind of the you know 90s ish pop punk band, very Green Day, Bad Religion influence, and you know that's actually a band that's kind of still around today. It evolved into Snowdin, which is you know that I play bass for, for today. Oh
0: so, yeah. yeah, I heard. Um, oh yeah, snowed in, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that was, right? Yeah, I, I think I, I don't know. How do I find that?
1: It's um, on band and Spotify.
0: No, I mean, I think I just, I think I went through through your other band. Like, there's in, in Spotify, yeah. on Spotify, Spotify there are just recommendations or something.
1: Okay. 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 And yeah, I don't know if it would, yeah, be there. Even though you know, like the both bands, Gattavid and Snowden, we share members. Uh, Gattavid is you know, the exact same people in Snowden, except you know a few changes in instrument roles, and Gattavid has one extra guitarist.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, but you're on vocals on both bands.
1: No, I'm in vocals in Qatar. I only play bass in Snowden, And in Snowdin, Alvar, the vocalist, you know, he plays bass in Qatar. So we kind of trade places and then we add an extra guitarist in Gattair.
0: And how did, it, how did you come up with this? I just, hey, let's do another band, but just switch. So it appears like we're a different band or is it like it just happened?
1: Um... I guess like I had the I, like I I had wanted to start a hardcore punk band, like maybe since around 2014, 2015. And I always had an idea of it, but you know, I could never really, you know, find the right people to kinda get the ball rolling. Okay. And then in in twenty seventeen, you know, this you know, Gautavid started as, you know, like the drummer in Snowden. Um he was twenty five <coughs> and that's the last you know that's the oldest you can be to take part in Musiktilernit, which is um, which is this national battle of bands here in Iceland. And we were like, mm-hmm. hey, let's start a hardcore band, you know, write two songs just for this competition. Because, you know, Snowdin had already taken part as Skedadink, you know, twice before without it really going anywhere. So like, hey, let's try it as a hardcore band. So, you know, it kind of started out like just as a fun thing then, but, you know, it but because you know it was a lot of fun and you know i still had a lot of you know songs that i want to write in this hardcore punk format and it worked so well with the people i was already in this other band with that's kind of how you know it got though it came to be you know and a uh, you know an established thing you know in in the icelandic scene
0: wow that was yeah and it, i saw that um <laughs> Uh, greg bannick from between earth and sky and trial and bystander he did some yeah. vocals for uh but not on this ep right so on the upcoming no he did
1: uh, on the upcoming full length yeah
0: okay. and how how do you got in touch with with greg
1: um he did a spoken word to, word to here in iceland and my friend Aie Freyr. He's the guy who booked his tour. You know, he had met Greg at Flufffest. Oh. I don't know exactly when, but they had kept in touch. And eventually Greg contacted him doing a spoken word here, tour here in Iceland. So he did one in Reykjavik. He did one in Akureyri, which is a smaller city up north. And then he did, a. Uh, actually, I, I booked one show for him here in my hometown in, uh, in the lighthouse here. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I know and I, just, yeah. And I, come, I saw him like was it two years? One year ago. Yeah, he was on Fluff Fest. Yeah, I thought I know he was on yeah. tour with the spoken word thing. And then I saw mm-hmm. him on, on Fluff. And then that, that's the first time I saw him uh with Bystander. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was Yeah, he was there last last summer, yeah, with with yeah, Bystander, you know. Yeah,
0: that could be, yeah.
1: Yeah. I actually saw him with Bystander then as well, and uh, he did a spoken word show in Prague, I think, just the day before Fluff started. And uh, (laughs) yeah, at that point he had already, you know, he had already done his tour in Iceland and, you know, we already knew each other at that point. And uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so how that came to be with Katavir and, you know, him doing guest lovers is we warmed up for a spoken word show in Reykjavík. So that's how he kind of got to know us and got to know our music. And, you know, the idea actually, yeah, that, that if I remember correctly, I think it came from him. If I'm wrong, it was then the idea came from the our guitar, our former guitarist, Sintri. Um, at least they were talking about the idea at the time. And eventually we just made it happen. You know, of course I wanted, you know, since Greg was up for it, of course I wanted to have Greg up from trial on our upcoming record.
0: Yeah, sure. How cool is that?
1: Mm.
0: So, yeah. Now I was. Yeah. no cool guy. By the way. Mm-hmm. And um, so, how are your plans for the for the album for a new album? Oof.
1: <laughs> like, so yeah. Is there is you're, there any, yeah. a release date? That's, that's kind. Already? That's kind of been. Uh, now that you're now that you're asking, I'm realizing how much it's been off my mind just because you know because of lockdown and you know I've just kind of focused on school, but. I guess we're at this point, you know, we're just trying to finish the cover art with uh, my friend, Thorilintal, who's designing it for us. And yeah, once that's done, you know, we're probably going to, you know, I was in contact with a label before lockdown. And I guess, you know, once everything is ready, I will try to contact them again, see if they're still up for it. And if not, you know... We'll just see if we can release it through, you know, a DIY label or if we'll do it ourselves. But the plan is to kind of get it out as soon as you know lockdown's over and shows start again.
0: Yeah. And how does how does lockdown look look like in Iceland?
1: Um, well, we haven't had you know a full-on lockdown like in other countries where you're not allowed to go to the house with it without having good reason. It's just like I said, yeah. you know. It's this general gathering ban of, you know, right okay. now it's 10 people in the past. It's been, you know, there's been a gathering ban of 20 people yeah. when, you know, okay. the infections are at a certain rate, you know, and even the summer there was a, and, you know, and also you'll have maybe more rules like now, you know, there's a strict two meter rule. If you're in the store, you, you know, there's a mask mandate yeah. now for when you're in the store. And if you're on a public bus or somewhere where you, you can't really respect the two meter rule at all times. But those things kind of get more have been more lax, I guess, you know, throughout the year. Like this summer there was a short window where, you know, there were no infections here in Iceland. So there was a gathering ban of up to five hundred people. The two-meter rule was, you know, was optional. So there was a short amount of time where you could book shows, but most of the (laughs) venues had kind of closed down (laughs) because of (laughs) because of the initial you right. know, because of the uh, initial lockdown. So you know, at that time, I think I only played two shows. Guthvian only played one show, and that was a that was a house show, like you know, in this rural area right outside of our hometown. It was actually just at a at a friend's bachelor party, but that was pretty sick. And my other band, yeah, one of my other bands, Grávndar, we played at a so yeah, in Iceland has this annual. Big metal festival called Isnapluk, and that got cancelled this summer. But they had kind of a makeshift event in Reykjavik, you know, the weekend after it was supposed to be held. So we played at that as well.
0: And how are the? Um, how is it for the for all the most of the music locations that had to close down now or are, are locked? I mean, I know here in Germany, like it's for. A lot of um, well, clubs and bars—they're um, worried actually, just if, and not sure if they are able to like to open up again mm-hmm. when lockdowns when yeah. lockdowns over.
1: Yeah, I think you know the venues in Reykjavik—they probably have a lot of the same concerns. But I mm. know that a lot of them also like you know have also been using this time while everything's closed to, you know, catch up on some renovating, which is, you know, probably the best way, I guess you can, you know, make the most of the situation. But of course I think everyone's concerned and everyone's kind of, you know, but everyone, I, I guess all is, I guess also hoping for the best. And, you know, just recently Reykjavik, like the city council, I think like, they agreed to, you know, give grants to a lot of these places, a lot of the venues, because, you know, if they met a certain criteria for, you know, cultural importance or something like that, which, you know, if you're a venue that's holding regular shows for, you know, a DIY heavy metal season, you definitely fall under that category in in my mind. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, that's uh, a government action to kind of, you know, stop that from happening. So, you know, we don't, you know, come out of come out of lockdown with, you know, uh, no venues or, you know, no, no places to have shows or anything, you know, anything artistic or creative.
0: So just, I mean, I hope that, that this, this COVID thing will be over soon. Now that we have a, Mm -hmm. now we have a vaccine. Um, Yeah. And borders are opening up again. So Mm -hmm. do you have any recommendations for people that are visiting Iceland and want to see maybe a more of an alternative scene
1: my recommendation would definitely be like um two venues uh which is the main like heavy metal bar that hosts a lot of hardcore punctures as well um check out R 6013 which is a basement venue run by my good friend is which is a more you know it's a more intimate all-ages space and once a year um we have the northern festival which is always the weekend before the first monday in august and you know that's you know i guess that's the you know i might be biased because you know i'm part of the you know i'm one of the people who's you know taking part in planning that festival but i feel like that's definitely the best representation of what's going on in the alternative underground scene in iceland you know we have you know What's up and coming in, you know, black metal, hardcore punk, death metal, even, you know, electronic and harsh noise—just anything that's kind of, you know, DIY underground and weird and not necessarily going to get a platform at, you know, on a bigger stage. Yeah. So, you know, if you want, if you want to get everything just, you know, right in your veins over one weekend, go to pink
0: Okay, I think I'll just try yeah. to put a, put a link at the show notes then. Yeah so and so the the scene just i mean so actually just all mixed up like all the heavy heavy genres like mixed up in one place or is that would you say like okay there's a there's a punk scene and there's a heavy metal scene and or they just come all together in one night all the festival um,
1: i want to kind of say yes and no like you could definitely have more I want to say just a focused group of people around a specific genre. But the thing is like, because the heavy scene in general in Iceland, it's so small because there's so few. um, Everyone kind of knows each other, you know, of course you will have concerts that are, you know, planned by black metal kids, exclusively black metal bands playing. You'll have, you know, hardcore shows that are exclusively hardcore punk bands playing and planning it but you'll also have shows every now and then that have, you know, a more of a mixed lineup. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, yeah. I kind yeah. I like that a lot because, you know, you know, of course, you know, diversity at a show, you know, that's a great thing, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for just, you know, four hardcore bands in a row. Sometimes you're in the mood for just four black metal bands in a row. So, you know, to get the whole kind of, like, you know, you having, I guess, both situations in a sense, you know, we do have our more focused scenes, but because we're so few, everything kind of intertwines at points as well. And, you know, probably the best way to see that, you know, is like I mentioned at the Northern Punk Festival, where the focus is, to, you know, just bring everything that's, you know, good uh, and up and coming from, you know, all of these, you know, underground scenes respectively or just the underground scene in general you know depending on whether you look at it but yeah you know you do have you know you have focus groups like around certain genres but it's kind of inevitable that you kind of cross paths with other people which is a great thing
0: and that um, the festival that you're talking about is uh, so Mm -hmm. you invite more more of local bands or is there also kind of an international lineup
1: The lineup definitely focuses more on the Icelandic local bands, but we, you know, it's not, but we do have international bands, like it's not an international focused lineup. I think we usually, you know, I want to say we usually have around five, maybe (laughs) international bands. And, you know, the idea around that is, you know, because it's DIY, because, you know, we try to keep the cost of the tickets low. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, we can, you know, we're going to have one hardcore punk headliner, one heavy metal headliner, and then whoever else who's international and, you know, feels like coming, you know, we'll look into it. I mean, but that's... otherwise, yeah, the focus, yeah, it's it's around 40 to 50 bands playing, and the vast majority of them are local Icelandic bands.
0: Wow. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you are you starting to plan this festival already for next year?
1: Yeah, of course. Like we held, like we kept, like we were working, of course, on holding the festival this summer, which yeah. of course didn't happen. But we've managed to confirm most of the bands that were scheduled to play at that festival just for next year. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So I mean, yeah, I mean. I'll, I think a lot of festivals are suffering from yeah. the well, the same problem. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to hear that a lot of bands were just saying, yeah, sure, just uh, postpone yeah. it to next year. So.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot easier I guess to kind of make that deal with the local bands, but I was more surprised, course, like, yeah. you know, we had booked like maybe two or three international acts and I think they're still all up for playing next year. So... Yeah
0: so which bands would that
1: be uh the ones that have been booked as of now like sadly i don't think we have (laughs) quite nailed down our you know a proper hardcore punk headliner but we've got trespasser which is an excellent excellent um like very aggressive black metal band from sweden which actually has one Icelandic member, Geda, who has uh, who also played for Umkist for a while. You know, they're, yeah, they're booked for the next Netherland think There's a more, you know, um, more atmospheric, gloomy black metal man from Turia, called, from from the Netherlands that's also playing. And, you know, they're kind of more, you know, up and coming. I think, you know, they kind of, you know, just, just kind of got in the limelight, uh, I want to say, at last Roadburn Festival.
0: Okay, I don't know that.
1: Yeah, you don't know about the Roadburn Festival. No. Oh, okay, okay. That's a very you know heavy music centered festival in the Netherlands. You know.
0: Oh in the Netherlands. Recommend
1: you check that out. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. I just have to look that up. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So besides. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
1: just. Yeah. No, sorry. Now, th- I was just mentioning, because, you know, in the context of, you know, booking Turia, you know, that's a band that, you know, is very, is just kind of, you know, they're kind of, you know, working their way up, I guess, at this point. And, you know, I think it's it's probably difficult to be a band in that position um, during COVID Yeah, <laughs> since you can't really play shows anymore. And it's very difficult to promote yourself outside of the internet.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, you know,
1: everyone's hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, I really hope that, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that uh, this thing will be over soon so bands can start to Mm -hmm. just traveling, touring again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So besides making music and planning festivals, uh, what else do you do?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am, uh, right now I'm finishing my master's in education. If there's anyone listening who doesn't know quite that what that means, it means I'm studying to become a teacher. And I'm doing that with emphasis on both social studies and music teaching from the uh, from around the 7th grade to 10th grade. Wow. Yeah. And I was actually working as a teacher for, you know, for a year this past year t- until, you know, this semester when I decided to go full back into, you know, my master's and just kind of try to finish it. And as of right now, you know, I finished all the courses I have left. I just have the thesis left that I'm going to finish this spring. And then I'll be done with that. But, you know, that's, you know, that's my, I, my career, as you will, outside of music.
0: And do you have any, I mean, okay, so masters, well, the master, mm-hmm. so almost almost over actually almost almost finished Mm -hmm. yep so um what else i mean just uh, like any hobbies
1: yeah um well besides of course music um well especially with you know veganism and experimenting more with food i'm getting more and more into cooking (laughs) you know and that's also been a very good pastime and hobby just during covid is kind of, you know, getting better at that and you know, getting more into, you know, oh, you know, kind of the nitty-gritty, you know, oh, what works, you know, what works well together, you know, how can I, you know, make something excellent out of the ingredients that I have.
0: So any any recipe recommendations? And, uh,
1: um I got to think about that. Um I did probably the like the best food that I eat nowadays. I actually, uh, I veganized a lasagna recipe from this chef called Matty Matheson.
0: Not tell me. So tell me about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what you do is, um, take, um, a vegan ground beef mince of your choice. Okay. You start off by frying that with, you know, a little salt, pepper, maybe some paprika, And to kind of give it a more, you know, um, I guess more of an aged taste, I fry it out of a little bit of of vinegar. So I start off with that, throw in some onions, let them kind of saute with the vegan beef. And from there, you know, I'll take a couple of carrots and I'll, you know, I won't cut them up because, you know... recipe doesn't really call for you to have chunks of carrot. But what I do is, you know, I, you know, take a cheese grater and I grate it down very finely and add it to the recipe. So it kind of more, you know, it emulsifies with the, you know, the sauce that you make afterwards. So once you kind of let that seep in, you know, you add some garlic, um, some oat milk and, you know, you don't really use like a canned tomato sauce, just use some oat milk and a little bit of tomato paste. And you want the sauce to get more of like a brownish color r- rather than, you know, a straight up red kind of tomato, like straight up tomato sauce. You want like more of a mix between the oat milk and the tomato paste.
0: Uh, that sounds So once delicious. you've got that,
1: <laughs> and once you've got that down, what you do is you do. You take whatever, you know, lasagna casserole pan that you have, you know, start, you know, I start off by, you know, just kind of, you know, just wiping it down with some vegan butter and yeah. then some, you know, plates of, you know, lasagna pasta, just you know, the flat things you yeah. you know buy it in the store. Sauce on top of that, um, then vegan shredded mozzarella. If you can get it's called cheese. S H E E S E. That's my favorite vegan mozzarella. So you, you know, put that on top of, you know, the you know, the vegan meat sauce that you put on there. Yeah. Then another layer of pasta. And then the same thing but once you get on the second layer you put some fresh you know cut up some fresh parsley put that on there and then you know another layer and then you know with you know cheese and a little bit of olive oil on the top just so it doesn't burn when it's in the oven put it in the oven for maybe 20-25 minutes once that's done you take it out put more parsley on top and then in again for another five to seven minutes just to kind of get you know you don't want the parsley on top to burn you just kind of want it a little bit toasted, and yeah that's how you make a very good lasagna in my opinion.
0: Not we we should uh, we should exchange recipes because my favorite lasagna that I really do on a very regular basis is um, is made out of um, well mushrooms and spinach as base together with um with vegan uh what is it vegan like cottage cheese mixture
1: oh okay
0: yeah it's really it's awesome like and the the tomato sauce the tomato sauce is actually based Mm -hmm. on like um vegan butter with flour and then you mix on the mix of the tomato sauce
1: so, so it's kind of tomato, like a gravy, I guess, like you're,
0: you know. Yeah, kind. Of, I don't know. How, what's the English yeah. English word for it? It's like bechamel sauce, bechamel.
1: bechamp. Oh, so sorry, I'm not.
0: So it's actually. I'm actually, not
1: quite up on my German right
0: now. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's like you, you take the vegan butter, melt the butter,
1: yeah, then yeah.
0: put some flour on it. And then just uh, yeah, 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 just fill up fill it up with um, like yeah, oat milk or something, so it gets yeah, yeah, really yeah. creamy. And then you just add the tomato sauce to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I guess what you said, bechamel. Yeah. You know, like that base. You know, butter or vegan butter with you know with with flour, and you know, kind of let that turn to this creamy base. You know, that's yeah. you know, that's what they call you know gravy in the United States. You know, when you make a sauce out of that base.
0: Ah okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a tomato gravy. That's
1: then. Okay, that's that sounds very interesting. I want to I need to try
0: that. I will send you the recipe. And so you just put it in the oven for like thirty minutes and Mm -hmm. the recipe says and I think that's the hardest part. If you when you take it out of the oven, just let it sit for fifteen minutes. So you just standing there looking at the lasagna, just say okay, just 15 more minutes just waiting now. I mean, actually, it's finished, and you can't go and burn your, burn your complete yeah, mouth, yeah. but just...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's important, though, I would say, with any zan, You need to let it rest for at least 15 minutes because, you know, of course, you know, you're going to burn your mouth, but also just, you know, let the sauce and everything just rest for a bit because every, otherwise, you know, everything is going to go all over the place as soon as you Absolutely. cut it.
0: Absolutely, and I think those so, 15 minutes are totally worth it. Of
1: course, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So have you ever tried, um, vegan salmon?
1: Um, made, made not, out of I haven't carrots? tried it store-bought, but I've, I've tried, um, there's, there used to be a very good vegan restaurant in Regan called Veganice that, you know, when they, you know, when they had their Christmas buffet, they made like a vegan gravlax, like they made a vegan salmon out of, you know. I want to say like just very thinly sliced baked carrots.
0: Exa- oh yeah, yeah. That,
1: it's I, yeah, I that think, was very good.
0: Yeah, I mean it's actually easy to do. Like just slice them really, mm-hmm. really thin slices, and then um, mm-hmm. some olive oil, and then yeah. you will add um, this. What is it called? That nori leaves that you actually use for sushi.
1: Oh, so okay, okay. so
0: you get that fishy flavor, oh. and then just some drops mm-hmm. of um, liquid smoke.
1: Okay, okay. Oh.
0: So that just let this sit for like two, three days, even better. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. It's like original salmon, like the, the taste yeah. and the, wow. the consistency is like crazy.
1: Yeah. Wow. That. That sounds delicious.
0: I need to try that. Yeah, do this, especially for now for Christmas. It's perfect. Like of course, of course, vegan Christmas or something. Hmm. Just I I don't know vegan Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so I think it's perfect.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Nice. So okay, yeah, we should yeah we should exchange. Exchange recipes. I think that's
1: yeah, of course. One cool super thing. down for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Christian. Yeah, I think we have mm-hmm. covered one hour already. So,
1: oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry if I, you know, <laughs> if no, I've been rambling a lot. No, it's to you know, it's
0: perfect. Thanks. Well, oh, thanks. Awesome, awesome. Thanks a lot for your time. And uh,
1: yeah, likewise. Thank you a lot for having me my pleasure
0: it, yeah it was really nice to have you um mm-hmm. here that you agreed on doing this podcast so mm-hmm. i would say um yeah thanks again for your time uh take care yeah and i hope of course that uh 2021 will be well we get kind of back to normal again and yeah, special for, I hope
1: so too.
0: For the bands, and I'm really, I'm really excited to listen to your new record.
1: Hmm. Thank Do, you.
0: Is there only? Are you planning on doing a, a, di- a digital version, or is it only also available? Maybe on I don't know CD or vinyl.
1: Like, and, of course, you know we want to you know release it on at least on vinyl. You know, I'm you know I'm very indifferent toward a seed release but you know vinyl and especially tape that's what I really want to go for.
0: Yeah so I'm looking forward but
1: there of course yeah of course there will be a digital release but you know there will be a physical release as well. you know it's just a, it's just a matter of you know whether we release it ourselves physically or if we get someone else to do it. but you know time will tell I hope you know I hope to be able to release some info on that just as soon as possible.
0: So yeah, that would be great. So I um I think mm-hmm. you have a so would you offer it over your uh through your bandcamp site? Sorry? So when you're when you release your, your new album, so will you release it on Bandcamp? Mm-hmm. Is it available on Bandcamp? Yeah. Okay. So just, Yeah,
1: it will be available on Bandcamp.
0: Okay, so I will put the link uh to your bandcamp site as well.
1: Awesome. Down. Thank you so much. So
0: you're welcome. So one last thing. I'm uh, I have a well a Spotify playlist that is uh, mm-hmm. belongs to this podcast. So I always invite my guests to tell me one one song that they wish to have, well that they wish to put on this playlist. So okay. you can, yeah, you have uh, one song that you can put on this playlist.
1: Can, does Is it any song? Is it, a ba- is it a song by one of my bands specifically or is
0: there no, any rules what, to it? No, whatever you want. As long as it's... Okay. <laughs> it has to be on Spotify. That's mandatory. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Okay, okay. Alright. Do you want that song like right now? Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, Alright. You know what? I'm going to shamelessly promote my own band and uh, a song called Freykje Kartlin by Katöir. All right. You know what? I'll uh, I'll send you a link to the song itself on Spotify. Thank you. Instagram. How's
0: <laughs> <that> <laughs> I'm not sure how to write it down. <laughs> 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 so okay, so I well, um, what's my my song that I will put down on the playlist this time? Actually, didn't thought about. I thought about this? Ah, oh, too bad. I think I saw you with the um, with the with the Dark Throne T-shirt. I guess. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I think I will. Oh. Something. Yeah, I think I was. I don't know some something from Transylvanian Hunger.
1: Yeah, 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 That's an excellent choice. Really, anything from that album is a is an excellent choice. It's a
0: classic, actually.
1: Hmm.
0: So I wasn't actually, sh- I, w- I didn't know that they still release albums. I just saw that they released an album like yeah, 2019 yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been, you know, active for a while. It's just kind of, you know, I guess, you know, after Transylvania Hunger, they kind of, you know, took a different direction musically. Like, you know, yeah they've, kind of, they've moved more towards like a blackened crust kind of rock and roll, you know.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. that was the Very. one album. There was like that really strong. I would say, yeah, like you said, there's more of a, like yeah, rock and roll vibe on it.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't remember the album now.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know. Whatever. Oh yeah. So okay, Dark Throne. It is.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: Christian, thanks again. Thanks a lot. Yeah, um, my pleasure all the best take care stay healthy um good luck on your thesis thank you now. thank you very much and until then yeah uh happy holidays and happy yep. New happy Year, holidays man. to you too thank you yeah man thanks man Thank you too man it's
1: been so, a been a great pleasure and you know you know be you know be in touch if you're ever you know if you're ever coming to iceland again
0: i definitely will so, because the last time we just traveled oh. like once, like once around the island. So, what I actually really mm-hmm. wanted to do is like the take this this off-road track. So yeah, like ride right across the island. Let's see, one day. Oh, okay, okay.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely. And you know, yeah, come to Nauruan <laughs> I
0: I will. I will let you know. Awesome. Nice. Awesome.
1: And that's not just you. Anyone who's listening, you know, come to Norton Pink if you're coming to Iceland in August.
0: You heard it, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. And All right. uh Yeah, I, will, I think we'll stay in touch and I will for sure I will I will send you the recipes. Awesome. Yeah. And uh yeah I think you yeah. I'll ask you for the same.
1: I'll try to. I'll try to write some recipe. The recipe for my lasagna down as well. I don't have it written down. It's kind of you know. It's It's just up here, but you know, I'll write it down for you.
0: (laughs) Nice, that's what I want to (laughs) hear. All right, right. then. Well, thanks again, and uh, yeah, take care, man.
1: Yeah, you too, man.
0: I will. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.
0: So, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you want to join me, just uh, shoot me an email or a private message, direct message on Instagram. And thanks again for listening. Take care and hold your ground.